everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the president of memes of Jets Twitter. It's NYJ Matt. Welcome back, episode 14. It's going to be a tough recap. We're only going to do about a 20-minute recap. We'll get you on your way. No top five. We'll do it later on in the week, probably. Mike is enjoying his vacation right now in Miami. In Miami, and he, bitch. And he has to go down to Miami and watch the Jets lose 18-10 to 10 against the Buffalo Bills week seven. Mike, give me your initial thoughts on the game. Yeah, uh, another demoralizing loss. This time, the Jets just, you know, get off to that early 10 nothing lead. The defense does a lot of bend but don't break. Uh, Sam Darnold struggles, gets, but he gets sacked six times. You know, the Jets ran the ball well early. Dawa Loggins calling the plays. Um, and then it just completely, completely fell apart. What did the Jets have, four total yards in the second half? Four total yards, one completion from Sam Darnold. Um, after an 11-13 and 13 start, you watch the first half, as you alluded to. They're moving the ball. And the fact that we, we get so excited about a 10-point first half, it's just because we're in, we look like a normal football team. And the Bills aren't – obviously, their defense hasn't been up to par this year, but you're still going against a team, a division rival. You're, you're excited about going down the field and at least moving the football compared to what they did in the entire year. You have new life with Dow Loggins calling the plays, and it just comes back to the turning point of the game is obviously Darnold's pick at the end of the first half. You're expecting three, maybe even seven, and you get, you get a four-point swing, potentially an 11-point swing with um, – the, you know, the Bills getting the, the field goal and the half. At the end of the day, we look at this game as another one of those losses that we can't have a normal loss one time. It always has to be a, a horrific moment. And, and this one will always be highlighted as putting up four yards in the second half, which is really hard to do, especially when they lost the lead pretty early on. The defense, um, good all game. They still had those moments of playing zone on second and third down where someone's catching an eight-yard pass with no one near them. But overall, stock up, Basham with a strip sack. Uh, Bryce Huff looked great. Quinnen, another good game. Um, he's going to grade out very well analytically, as he's been doing. Um, and then Hewitt with a bunch of tackles, too. Hewitt looked like a good piece. Avery with, I think he had 13 tackles as well, but Avery did look a little slow at times. Josh Allen had the better of him for two or three runs. Um Beckton also stock up, but geez, the stock down. Darnold had a tough game. Josh Andrews getting absolutely embarrassed at guard. I think he had like a 24% uh, loss rate for a pass rush, which is unheard of. It's supposed to be like 5%. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Another stock down, Chris Herndon absent the entire game. And then Braden Mann, you know, you, you, he didn't punt too often, but I think he had four punts. Low hang time, wasn't able to flip the field after a few good weeks. So not a lot to take away. Good, but you know we got Mims and Perry or P Ryan out there playing okay as rookies. You know, four catches for I think it was forty-eight yards for Mims in the first half. Didn't catch a ball in the second half because no one else did. Um, overall, ha- you got to be happy with the way the rookies played today. You got some youth. You got Bryce Hall coming back for the Patriot game, hopefully. Um, so you got some guys coming Cam, back. Cam Clark will eventually. Cam Clark, Jabari Zuniga. So a lot of a lot of rookies are coming back. You want to see them play, but oh man, a lot of negative, a lot of negative 
and and unfortunately with Darnold continuing to to struggle, only 120 yards for the entire game, two picks, last pick was kind of bullshit. It almost feels like the clock is ticking and we're staring down the barrel of a Trevor Lawrence 2020 Jets team because as as much as we keep saying let the season play out and now that they're getting healthy, we can have that, but there aren't any cupcakes where last year, you know, you had those those game against the Giants, Redskins, where you can kind of start rolling, right? And you get that confidence going. There are borderline no cupcakes on the schedule. Chargers being the one exception, the Chargers are also winning games and, and going to try to fight for a wild card spot. Dolphins, same way. Patriots don't look great, but Darnold, historically, especially last year, really tough game against Bill Belichick's defense. So even the the games that we think we can have a fight in is against teams that are playing for a playoff spot. So I don't see that cupcake game where Darnold's going to be able to say, all right, I'm going to go out here and have a 300 yard, three touchdown game. He's going to have to grind it out. And it's, it's going to be tough for him to do it only nine games to go. Well, that's one of the most frustrating things about the loss yesterday is you, you know, the first half we're saying, Oh, we're so excited. We scored 10 points but you're playing normal football and you thought maybe, Hey, that's going to change the rest of the season. You know, Sam gets a little bit of protection. He's 11 for 13 in the first half. Like you said, you have Mims and P Ryan doing stuff. Frank Gore looked really good yesterday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Perryman had a couple of catches. He said, okay, this is a normal offense. Um, going to do some, you know, playing some close games and then you could win some of those games because that's just how it goes. You know, the jets were in this game. The jets had five possessions in the second half and did nothing with them. You know, the defense played okay. I, I thought, you know, if you want to look just from a point standpoint, they let up 18 points, but the Tyler Bass also missed, missed two field goals, the mm-hmm. Bills kickers. So, you know, how many t- – let them in the red zone eight times is a little bit obnoxious. Um, but, you know, you've been in you don't break, and you let up 18 points, and you give your offense a chance to win. And notably, the offense had three possessions at the end of the game when they were down and just did nothing with them you know, down one possession. So even in the last possession, the Jets are down 18 to 10 and Donald did a weird tip pick, but you know, Donald got sacked four times in the second half. There's just really nowhere to go with it. Darnold, and, and then the one play that Sam did make, he, he, he threw a big uh, third down conversion to Chris Herndon and it got called back for a holding. Um, so that was really disappointing. You finally saw, you know, one of our younger players that you mentioned earlier, make a big play and it didn't count. Uh, and, you know, we got after the quarterback a little bit, um, but yeah, you know, you look at the schedule and, and again, it looked like in the first half of this game, if the Jets could just play normal football, then they could be in some of these games. But is that the case now? You know, you need, you know, you got to get Josh Andrews out of there. Like you mentioned, he was one of the big reasons why the Jets just couldn't hold up on the, in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are going to blitz and, and the Bills made a really good adjustment, something, you know, we haven't really seen Adam Gase do in his Jets tenure. Sean McDermott, second half, absolutely stacked the box, sent the house. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run on that. Um, and, and the Jets couldn't block it. So, and, and you know, it's partially on Darnold. you got to make some reads. But, you know, you got to give – you know, there has to be, like, you have to give him one second. You yeah. have to – someone's got to win a one-on-one matchup. you got to be able to throw it up. But The big ones were the ones where the single back play action, Darnold – fakes the handoff pops up and he has a guy in his face. So those were three or four of the sacks were just 
play action, look up, nowhere. Like he was immediately tackled. They kept running us to the fake yeah. uh, counter play, so they mm-hmm. would pull Andrews and expect him to, you know, block the blitzing guard from the same side, the side that he was going to, and Darnold's right, and you know he couldn't get there in time, and then you know the Bills sent two guys that way, and then it's, it's over, and it's already you know third and twelve, third and thirteen, and you're in trouble. So it just. I keep waiting, and I think I felt it more last week than this week, but Christopher Johnson needs to make a decision. All right, you need to come out and say he's the coach for the rest of the year, or you need to fire him, because I'm tired of – Christopher Johnson, you can make a mistake with hiring Adam Gaze. Nobody's perfect. You got conned. You're like the little kid who clicked on the link thinking you want a PS2, and you hacked your entire computer. You made a mistake. You got scammed. It's fine. Adam Gaze, good talker. Peyton Manning, talked you into it. You now need to own up to your mistake and fire him immediately so you can have a Jim Bob Cooter, a Brant Boyer, a Greg Williams, at least coach this team differently and see what you have. Every single player on this team, especially offensively, is now tied to Adam Gase. Maybe Chris Herndon and Jim Bob Cooter's offense will give you five catches a game for 65 yards. Why don't they just target him? He has one target. I don't understand. And then I guess technically he has two targets because – the word of the play that got called back for a penalty doesn't count, but what is what is the problem with force feeding a guy sometimes to try to do something with the offense? And and then when the Jets finally got the running game going in this game, Frank Gore had eleven carries for sixty yards and P Ryan had eleven for thirty nine, so you had twenty two for ninety nine and a touchdown from your running backs. You go away from it, and especially with a lead in the second half is a little bit perplexing to me. Yeah. And and going back to the the play calling switch up, new life brought to the team. You have to wonder, as an offensive unit, even Gates included, right? Gates obviously has a hand in what decisions get made. Coming out of the half that flat was something that Darnold alluded to in his post game press comments, which he never does. Darnold never puts it on anybody but himself. He's like, we didn't make any adjustments, and then he clarified on the Michael K show today that. He was saying the players need to make adjustments better to the the way coaches call it. <laughs> Just he, he, he's great, but he, I love it too because I think look, I think Michael K and like Greg do an okay job. They really try to press him and say, "Look, Sam, you come on here every single week and you put in yourself. Is there any blame to go around?" He's like, "No, I'm the quarterback. I'm the person that's supposed to be winning games for us, and I need to do a better job." Now he did say today it's a team game. Right, receivers got to make plays. O line has to make plays. I have to make plays. Um, so he did at least bring up the rest of the team. But at a point, you you put the entire organization on on a twenty three year old shoulders, and you surround him with lackluster weapons, a horrible offensive line, and the bottom one coach in the NFL. Is that fair to a twenty three year old kid? I just keep saying it's a perfect storm of shit. So you can't. You can give. A young, so every young quarterback is not going to come into the league in the best situation. It's just not going to happen. That's how the draft works. You go to the worst team. The fact that Darnold has to deal with the worst coach in football, the worst play calling, uh, if a generously bottom five receiving core, no real running game, an eh defense, it's too many things against him at once. And we know Darnold's not this bad. He's completing 58% of his passes. He's three touchdowns and six picks. It's a disaster. You know, and then Joe Flacco comes in and he completes 52% of his passes. He's going for 130 yards a game. 
I mean, the Jets are throwing for 187 yards a game. If this was 1977, that would be nice. It's 2020. Every rule is for the offense. The turf is fast. Anytime you touch someone, it's pass interference. You know, the games are, you know, the, the formations, the schemes are all for offense. Spread it out. Do whatever. The Jets just can't figure it out. And, you know, it's a little bit naive to put it on Sam. Um, and we... You know, Matt, Matt and I are huge Darnold guys. We're hoping that Sam turns it around. But we've said throughout the season, like, we get it. If Sam plays like this, if whether it's whether it's his fault or not, if we get a fair evaluation, a fair shake of Sam this year, and whatever the situation is not actually going to be fair, but it's just him playing these games. It's I understand why it's hard for the Jets not to take Trevor Lawrence. And this is – and if you told me the Jets were 0-7 – and Darnold will have three touchdowns and six picks and 58% completion, and the Jets would have the worst point differential in the history of football, then I think it's okay for us to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Not week two, when Darnold's missing all of his guys and never had a chance. Not week three, when you're when it's week seven and you're 0-7 and, you, and you're and you and you playing the Chiefs next week and it's a disaster and the coach is a disaster and the offense line is a disaster and Darnold's playing poorly, whether it's his fault or not is the time to begin the conversation. Exactly. We should not have been having this conversation four or five weeks ago because it's absurd. You are, if you were one of the ones that all summer, like all of us were, I think 95% of the fan base were all on Darnold the entire summer. Tough week one, an okay week two. After that, the noise that Lauren started to bring was unwarranted. And we said it on the podcast. We said, let's wait and have the discussion when necessary. And then we have a ton of people in our reply saying not a ton but a, a fair amount saying oh Darnold sucks told you Trevor Lawrence then you find old tweets from them two weeks ago I would rather be on the cautious side of saying hey let's not give up on the guy with the in the context everything that he has to deal with the perfect storm that you alluded to let's wait and you want to see Sam elevate this team and prove that he's a franchise quarterback now Yesterday wasn't Josh Malone. It wasn't Jehu Chesson. It was Mims, Perryman, Herndon, and no Crowder. So obviously we want Crowder to play the game. Barrios had one catchable ball that, that would have been a huge first down, and then he made another nice catch prior to that. But let's get Crowder back, right? Let's get Crowder, Perryman, Mims, Perryman now in concussion protocol, of course. But let's, let's start seeing Darnold make big throws to Herndon in the slot or going up the slot. Let's see Darnold make a big one-on-one play to beat Mims when the corner is playing man-to-man. Let's start seeing these things happen. If they do, we understand that, hey, they can win maybe two of these three games, and then with the strength schedule, not get the first overall pick. That's a very, very possible situation. The Jets don't have an 80% chance of getting the first pick right now. There's five or six teams that are one and five. One and six. It happens. So what we're saying is you don't want to be the one who jumped ship too early and then looked like an asshole, liking Sam, hating him, liking him again. And then you'll, you'll probably find another time in 2021 if he's back next year to find a time to hate him and, and want the next quarterback. Just wait. It's not that hard. Me and Mike are having that conversation now, and we're ready to have it each and every week this happens. But Mike, to Mike's point, you have to wait until you, you have a sample. And now that we have a, a look of five Sam Darnold games this year, you could argue that three of them were bad. One of them was eh, and one of them was okay. If he's a franchise quarterback, you need more than one okay game through five. You're looking at Joe Burrow go out there and throw for 440 yards. Kyler Murray, 
popping off on, on national television. There's these guys that are young and they're, and they're Joe Burrow doesn't have the best weapons. Are they better than Sam Darnold's? Probably. But watching Joe Burrow go out there, I'm sitting here. I'm like, why the fuck can't I watch my quarterback pop off? And he throws for 120 yards and has one completion in the second half. So I think all these, as, as someone who absolutely loves Sam Darnold coming out, the moment he joined the team, I did not think in a million years that three years later we'd be sitting here at 0-7 and, and talking about taking another quarterback. I'm rational enough to take a step back from that and say, what's the best for this team? So, I think I the think- best case for this team, and I think you're going to mm-hmm. probably agree with me, is get Adam Gase out now. So the next step in eva- – so if, as a Jets fan, we need to evaluate Sam Darnold. That is number so – the real – Look, you want to watch Becton, you want to watch Mims, the rookies. The Jets have some young talent. Marcus May has been very good. Quinnen has three sacks now, which is nice to see. Um, but you need to evaluate Sam Darnold this year. That is so, so much more important than everything else. So the next step to his evaluation, it doesn't seem like this offensive staff can call a normal game of football at this point. Mm-hmm. It was funny, Joe Cap made a great tweet today. He was tweeting uh, – like, good morning, especially to Dowell Loggins with his, like, hopeful fist pump that maybe he can do this after he made one drive go for a touchdown. Um, it's, like, ridiculous. It looked like you put me on the sideline and I'm the play caller, and they score. I'm like, yeah, man, like, I'm fist pumping everyone. I'm, like, jumping around. Um, why wasn't Dowell Loggins talking to Sam Darnold after he threw a pick before he was the play caller? I don't know what that was all about either. But the point is, it's, uh, yeah, whatever, it's stupid. But – need to evaluate Sam. The next step in evaluating Sam as, in, as a player is to get Adam Gase the fuck out of here, clean out this staff, and try something else. Try something else. What could be worse? What's the point? So my question is when Darnold throws that pick that you mentioned, he comes over to the sideline. Who does he talk to? Like, who, who is the guy in this team? It used to be Josh McCown. Josh McCown, great clips of him saying, hey, dude, every completion – in the NFL is a is a positive every play and you you see these mic'd up moments in McCown and Darnold. It wasn't just like a bromance; it was an actual dude that you could relate to who's been through it. So Darnold throws a pick, comes over the sideline. Oh, he he has Joe Flacco, which is I'm fine with. We are a big fan of Joe Flacco being the backup, but Joe Flacco is a very monotone, not like the most energetic dude. So you go over to the bench, you start talking to Dowell Loggins, who looks like Patton Oswalt. He's five foot five. He played quarterback for a day in his life. What is he going to do to you? He's just a yes man who's going to keep telling you you're great. At least he was there this time. He wasn't even there the rest of the year. I no, remember, We've talked about this. No one ever talks to Sam on the sideline. So this time, now that fucking Dow Loggins is calling the plays, he's like excited and goes and talks to him. Like, fuck off, dude. And then you see these I, – I, I get tired of the beat writers. Oh, you guys don't – you're not there. Adam Gates talks to Sam a lot during the game. Well, if he does, maybe – how is it every time that they show him – one out of ten times, Adam Gase is near Sam Darnold. It, it's a huge factor in Darnold not feeling comfortable in a team that he's one of the most tenured Jets on the entire roster. He needs to come back to his sideline and look at Adam Gase and Dow Loggins, tell him he's going to be fine. Sam, you're not going to be fine. They're, they're the worst play callers you can imagine. So it's just it's a combination of everything and going against them. But I'm I'm almost ready to have that conversation of you play – the Chiefs, which is going to be a disaster, but maybe it's similar to the game like the Ravens last year where Sam can have a good game against a, a championship team. It's very possible. But then you go against New England at home, primetime. Last time, New England primetime was a tough game for Sam. Then you have the Chargers. In those three games, you almost have to argue 
that Darnold can't have a just a shit show game. He needs to play okay, if not better, in every single one of those games. And at this point, I'm not seeing that happening with this team. Do we need Crowder back? Yes. Do we need a guy to actually run for 100 yards potentially? Yes. And we had that going in the first half, and we lost it somewhere. I couldn't. I never felt comfortable in that second half. I tweeted out in halftime, we're not winning this game. The Jets have 85 total points this year. 85. The next lowest is like 114 New England, and they had a bye week. So it just, it doesn't, it, it's inconceivable how horrible this offense is. And it, it's Sam partly to blame, yes. But you have to evaluate him over nine games now, so. Like you'd, yeah, you'd want to, it's hard to, it's just. You can't so even put into words how horrible this is, because me and Mike always talk about, you can lose a normal game, like, Look at last night, Cardinal Seahawks. Tough game. Both teams played well. You could argue the Seahawks should have lost it uh, more, and and they end up losing. They can go home. They're five and one. They're fine. The Jets can't find a way to lose a normal football game. I think that's part one in trying to rebuild a team is not getting blown out by two scores every week. And then when you do lose by eight points, finally, don't let the other team score eighteen unanswered. Right? It just, I don't know. I feel like the Jets have seven offensive touchdowns. Um, yeah, you just need – you got to try something else, you know, and we're very patient. We we stuck with Gase last year. We said, let's see what happens. You know, let's not give up on the guy. He's a little bit of a disturbed man. But this year, I mean, when you're 0-7 and you really have the worst point differential in the history of football through seven games – and you're and you're actively on national television every week ruining your 23-year-old quarterback what 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 do you have to lose why not you know are they just really if Jim Bob Cooter is the head coach are they scared they're going to win a million like six games and not get to a high pick what is it i don't understand what it is how don't you have some kind of pride because nothing that adam gates has shown look when when the Jets went 4 and 12 with rex ryan i was not sitting on my couch saying, fire Rex, fire Rex. Every time they just go have a poor year, I don't sit around and say, fire the coach automatically. It depends. It has to be, there has to be a warrant. But this is ridiculous. It's embarrassing to watch. It makes you unexcited to watch. But the one thing is, for Sam, things change quickly in the NFL. If Sam goes out next week against the Chiefs and throws for 275 yards and three touchdowns and a pick and plays a nice game, He's going to build a lot of momentum. And then, because when you look at a team, so let's say the Jets end up this year 2-14, and 14, right? When you look back on the season, you're not going to look, you're not going to say, oh, this is great, whatever. You're you're going to look, but, but when we are watching it live, it's much different if Sam has that 270-yard game against the Chiefs. So it matters a lot. And the reason it's so frustrating is because it doesn't seem like the organization shares the same tenacity that we do. They don't care. Do they give a shit? And, you know, the whole thing, I don't love the argument, oh, the, you know, why do you care so much about the Jets? They don't care about you. Go fuck yourself. Go watch. Don't be a sports fan then. Go watch Cooking. Dickbag, if you have that take. <laughs> but, you know, because we obviously care. They obviously care. But it's, what what is the reason to keep this guy? I don't, are they really trying to lose these games? And is that why? Like, is that crazy? Look, uh, like a conspiracy. A fan, if you're the type of fan... Who is um, like this team doesn't love me back? I'm gonna 
like not watch any games, dude, fine. Don't watch any games. You have every right to do that. But remember, you have to wait until September of 2021 to watch your team play again. Like, I'm going to watch the Jets. I'm going to watch the young guys. Like, I want to be there for Bryce Hall's first pick. I want to be there for Denzel Mims' first touchdown. I want to watch these cool things happen in real time. And you get to evaluate the players ourselves and then make rational arguments to what they do in the offseason. If you don't watch any games, you can't complain if they don't sign this guy after Cameron Clark plays a great year at guard. Maybe you don't sign Joe, Joe Thune to the team. Yeah. And you think Cameron Clark. So it, it all adds up over time. My biggest problem with Joe Douglas being silent, and I just tweeted this out before the show, Joe Douglas doesn't have to go on radio shows. He can cancel every single one. He's canceled three already. And he's like, I'll, I'll see you guys after the trade deadline. What are you going to tell this team and the beat writers when you're 0-8? It's not going to be, oh, last year he finished 6-2 and down the stretch, even though Darnold said that again today on the, the case show. Nobody cares about 6-2 and down the stretch anymore. If, if you went 6-2 down the stretch and came out this year and did something, that would actually mean have an impact. Now it, does, it has no weight to it. So Joe Douglas, you had, even though you had one draft and one free agency, you had the entire 2019 season to evaluate that roster. And you brought some guys back that sucked, and you let some guy go, guys go that are now popping off. So that's an indictment on Joe Douglas. He didn't do enough in the offseason. We've always, we always said that. And some of his draft picks look great. Other ones we haven't seen yet. So let's take a breath on Joe Douglas. I'm not calling for his job at all. I think he should be the GM for two to three more years. At least you want to see him build this team because it looks like he knows what he's doing. But at, at the end of the day, he the time is coming for him to face the media. And I cannot wait to watch what Joe Douglas has to say because it's going to be must-watch television or radio. Yeah, I mean, the one more thing is that whoever gets the – offensive coordinator or head coach job after this is the easiest job ever because all you have to do is not be the worst team ever. That's it. If the, whoever takes over, if Adam Gase and Dow Loggins get fired and Jim Bob Cooter is the, calls the plays, all he has to do is average 14 points a game and he'll be better. I mean, it's ridiculous and it's frustrating and, and, and I know Sam is better than this and it's hard to back it up because you know, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, oh, keep waiting. And, you know, we should. And it's important to, to gauge Sam this year and give him more chances. But you can't have the guy sacked six times. You know, you can't do anything with these scumbag fucking assholes calling plays for us. And it's... Uh, I just don't want fans to start enjoying the misery. Like, I think people right. it's not get good. off to it. Like, if I tweet out that the Jets are 32nd in scoring, I'm making it a point because I'm pissed at the team. I don't yes. love that I'm tweeting that out. But I think I, I genuinely believe this. If you asked Jets Twitter, you get the first overall pick and you go 3-13 and 13, or get the first overall pick and go 0-16, I would say a majority of them would rather be 0-16. Yeah. Like, oh, look at us. Like, I take pride in not being one of the worst teams in NFL history. We don't like, want that you. matters. I don't. I don't understand. Then you look back at the Kotite years. Oh, Kotite, that was the worst thing ever. We're living it right now, bro. I don't like, want what that. Are you doing? I don't Why want would you that. want that? And then know. guess what? Darnold's tied to that for his career. The young guys in this team, Joe Douglas, if you think he's a great GM, he's gonna be tied to this for his entire career. So no, I don't want to watch a year where they go zero and sixteen, and they have the worst point differential one of the worst points for in NFL history. I don't want that. And if, if if you were to ask me right now what the final score of the Chiefs game is, I think it's fair to say it's like 38-13. I, 
around sure. around with the line the Lions I think only twenty now, but thirty eight thirteen at that level you still have not eclipsed a hundred points during this season. And you have the worst point differential through the first half of the year officially. So then you average everything out to the year. What is Darnold on pace for nine touchdowns and 20 picks? Like, are we fucking serious right now? You're not getting cupcake games anymore. This isn't like last year where you can kill the Redskins, kill the Dolphins, get the, get the Raiders on, on a, a West to East trip. It's not happening anymore. The Giants, it's so frustrating watching this team and how the schedule is going to play out. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And if the light at the t- under the tunnel is starting over with Trevor Lawrence, it's the fourth re- rebuild in 10 years, and I just don't want to do it. It's too many times we've, we've – it's exhausting because we love Sam. We're all in on him. And then, you know, he shows glimpses, and then he's saddled with this. You know, and I don't think any real quarterback is going to change the situation that the Jets are in right now. Um, is any – is any quarterback worth? What is our point differential? Minus fucking, we have 85 points and 203 points allowed. What is any quarterback worth 150 points? Who the hell are these people? Is, even if we have Patrick Mahomes, what would we be like, two and six or two and five? I mean. Bro, Randy Bullock has 68 points himself. I was gonna, yeah, so the kicker. Randy Bullock is, is narrowing in on the Jets. It's, we're, Look, we try to stay positive, and we'll we'll try to bring that that positive each week. Right now, it's tough to get me and Mike to not like certain players, not like the coaching staff, not be all in. And right now, we're furious at a ton of players, and we can't stand the coaching staff. So, one more thing before we go, just be, know be this, me. know be this, me. Jets Twitter. Before you wallow in your own sadness, you say, you know, because like we'll tweet out some stuff just just to put it out there. We tweet a lot of mostly positive things couple negative things but when you're wallowing in your sadness there are 12 nfl teams that have never won a super bowl so no matter what happens with the jets those people can always say oh i'm more miserable no i'm more miserable so look it's not a miserable uh, misery contest it's you want the best thing for your team matt and i have hitched our you know we we think sam is the guy we believe in his ability the reason we want sam Darnold to be the quarterback is because we believe in him and we think that the jets can get better faster by potentially trading a top pick, getting a lot of picks, surrounding Sam with the, with the talent. We understand that if the Jets continue to play at this level and Sam has nine touchdowns and 20 picks at the end of the year, you're not going to pass on Trevor Lawrence. We're not stupid. We also are not stupid for saying that in week two, you should not have given up on your 23-year-old quarterback. Both are fair points. Hindsight is 20-20. So before you know, you're on Twitter and you're, it's so fun to be miserable, all this bullshit, it's not great to be miserable because there are so many other miserable franchises. Look, you could be a Lions fan. You could be a Browns fan. You could be a Falcons fan. And the only time you went to the, the Super Bowl or the two times when you got killed in 98, and then you blew a 28-3 to lead. You could be the Bills. You lost four in a row in the 90s. You could be the Vikings who lost five times or six times in the NFC Championship game. There's a lot of bad franchises. It's not fun to be the bad franchise. It's not even so fun to say you're the worst of the bad franchises. We just want to turn it around. And it, this is a, a big setback in our plans. Huge. And don't enjoy the misery. It's not fun. Be pissed about it. Be pissed. Root for your team. Root for the young guys. Get excited when Mims has a 17-yard catch. Get excited when P. Ryan has his 20-yard run and a touchdown. These are good things. These are the things we need. We need more of that. We need less of Adam Gase. We need a new coach. We need 
a fresh start. We need to see what Sam can do without Adam Gaze. The Jets need to fire Adam Gaze. It is imperative because I never thought it would get to this point. You know, last year the Jets weren't very good offensively. Even if Gase wanted to do the whole thing, like try to win 17-14 and win some games, and that's what they kind of did down the stretch, and, you know, maybe not unleash Sam so much, the Jets need to get rid of Gase, unleash Sam a little bit, unleash Herndon, try something else before you draft Lawrence because you have to be sure that Darnold's not the guy before you waste the most valuable asset in the history of football on drafting the quarterback. All she wrote, Mike, always a pleasure, my man. 14 episodes in the book. If you've made it this far, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, follow on Twitter. Uh, Mike and I aren't going away anytime soon. Happy to be here, and uh, maybe we'll get episode 15 later on in the week. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go drink some wine. Do your thing, Mike. All right, bye. <laughs>